All right, as we move along in niche Vember, we get to this topic and we bring in two physical therapists to help us cover it. No stranger to the show, Scott Capoza and Elise Cantu. We're talking about oncology physical therapy, oncology physical therapists and what it takes and what goes into it. You get deep inside of, well, each of these people's stories, right? I love people's stories. They're fun. But what you really want to find out about is like, what's their day-to-day like? Why did they do what they do? And does that ever match maybe with what you might want to do? So a great inside look at uh, a couple different um, oncology physical therapists and what goes into it. And the cool part is they come from it from such different angles and such different reasons, which goes to show there's no right or wrong way. There's just the way in front of you. So uh, enjoy this episode. Do want to say thanks to our friends at MW Therapy. Look, it's, it's time for a better EMR. You know that. You've said it in your head a bunch of times. Why not get something customizable? MW Therapy delivers a modern all-in-one outpatient EMR with the built-in patient portal that your patients want, marketing automations that you need, and the billing features that make things smooth at something you can afford. Check them out online at mwtherapy.com where switching your EMR is easy. Where's your PT career going? Where's your license taking you? Well, Jackson Therapy Partners provide awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Find out if Travel PT can take you somewhere at jacksontherapy.com. And finally, your CBD store. Get the ABCs of CBD at getsunmed.com. Without further ado, uh, let's kick off this episode. Oh, wait, before before we do that, there's a contest going on. How about... Uh, how about trying to get your message out online? Is that frustrating? We're giving away 10 digital boost packs from Dot Physio and Christine Walker from PT Website Secrets. This will help you just a jumpstart, a starter pack of some things that might be frustrating you. Okay. Uh, link in the show notes to enter this contest, which is going on all November long. Now, now let's do the episode. Basically, are you ready to go? Yes. I am absolutely ready to go. Well, let's go. All right, there we go. Welcome to PT Pinecast. Uh, we share a great physical therapy conversation so busy PTs can feel connected to their profession. So we pipe in our own crowd noise. I ain't too proud to beg. Ain't too proud to make it sound like there's more people out there. Never, <laughs> never, never. Uh, as you're joining us in my birthday month people started doing that and i mocked them and now i'm like you know what i'm gonna embrace it and i'm gonna do my own birthday month Excellent. so november my birthday month it's also niche vember we've coined the phrase uh this happened back in september uh threw out a tweet on the twitter at pt pinecast on all the socials and i think i asked something like uh you know describe your physical therapy niche who's got the niches out there i'm looking for something i'd never heard of or thought of and a bunch of people just had, I mean, like a lot of people talk trash about Twitter, but this was a great thread in that a bunch of people just chimed in really with really cool things that I had never heard of. Some I had and some I was like, what are we talking about? So then I had a little conversation with the rest of the team here. And I was like, a lot of these things. Well, first, for some of the people on the team, I had to define what the word niche was. They're like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, All right, let me define what niche is. And we just, it was a narrow scope. Instead of going an inch deep and a mile wide, a niche is going... Uh, an, um, an inch wide and a mile deep. And so we're going to do little quick hitter episodes with people who have niches because I just think exposing people out there, even if you're not going to jump into this niche, you can still learn something from the people doing each of these niches. And maybe it sparks an idea 
that didn't exist now, but you had an idea from something you heard and then you created a new thing. And then next niche member, uh, we're doing your thing. I don't know what that might be. So uh, no stranger to the show, the uncle PT, Elise Cantu and Scott Capoza. Welcome back to the program again, friends. Welcome Thank back. you so much for having us back. We're thrilled. Well, yeah, I can't thanks, speak for yeah, Scott. Thanks, Jimmy. But... And it's good to see you too. Good to see you guys. All right. So we'll, uh, this is going to be sort of uh, not maybe a little bit of a rehash, but you know, not everybody listens to every single episode of a podcast, but you know, you should uh, helps the downloads, but um, you, uh, you guys have a little bit of a niche and we wanted to dig into it. So at least go first, you know, just describe the niche that both you and Scott sort of hover in, but you don't do it in the same way, which is also cool. So it's a niche within a niche. It's like a niche squared. Mm -hmm. Uh, Talk about, describe this niche that you're in and, and then we'll hear from Scott as well. So I think the big small niche we're talking about right now is oncology physical therapy. So specifically Scott and I focus in on treating people who have or have had cancer. There's a lot of impairments that come along with cancer and its treatments. And so for me specifically, I have a private practice where I treat patients, but then I also have this love of teaching. And so I've melded those together to teach other physical therapists how to confidently and competently treat people with cancer. Love that. I love confidently and competently. I love those things. That's what we want to be, right? And we've talked about this in previous episodes. Talk about the person's emotion Mm-hmm. That they want to become. So I love the fact that Elise is confident and competent. That's what I want to be. I'll be competent. Right. And I want to be confident in that I'm doing that. Scott, when you were, if you'd be asked the same question, what would you say? What's, you know, how do you, how do you live in this niche? So I, I occupy this niche. Uh, I work at a large academic institute in the Northeast. Uh, so I see individuals on an outpatient basis. Um, I also like Elise, I, I, I have a love for, for teaching. So, so I am uh, teaching DPT students. I take DPT students uh, as a CI. I will have students come and shadow me uh, during my clinic hours uh, because ultimately, you know, we want to expose as many PTs as possible. Um, and Elise, I know you and I have had this conversation back and forth. I think the big thing that we want to get across to individuals um, that are listening today is that you know in in 2022 here we are um the american cancer society estimates that there's close to 18 million individuals wow living with or a past history of cancer yeah so you're working in physical therapy you're working in an outpatient setting you're working in inpatient you're doing home care it doesn't matter what setting you're in it's not a matter of if you will treat somebody with the history of cancer but when and so to Elisa's point, we want you to be competent and confident when that person walks in your door. I don't think I had either because I think my lecture in PT school about oncology, it, it, it existed. Like we had it. it I, would, I don't know if I'd call it robust, but it was there. But it left me going, yeah, I'm going to not do that. I'm not going to go to anywhere near there. But I don't think anybody put it in such that way scott which is like this isn't if you're going to go to that person it's like that person's going to show up pretty much no matter where you are in the profession of physical therapy so um you should be prepared to be an oncology or oncologic physical therapist Mm -hmm. no matter where you are it's it's not it's not this it's this it's yes and right and i think you know especially for those of us who went to pt school a few years ago 
they were like either we weren't talking about it at all or maybe yeah maybe you and i jimmy like we got a lecture but maybe it was given by by a nurse and there was no connecting the dots there's no connecting the dots between the diagnosis of cancer and all of the the physical symptoms that somebody have you know has as a result of all their treatments and then the rehab part of it I feel like it's starting to get a little bit better now, but the, you know, that's why you need, you know, we need it more wouldn't. physical therapists out there to connect those dots. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't unless people talk about it frequently. Um, the scary thing stays scary. The less we talk about it, right? Like don't, don't say, um, who is the dude in, in Harry Potter? Voldemort. Don't Voldemort, say yeah. he, he will not be named. And that's where you get, you get your power. You don't talk mm-hmm. about something or you give it a different name or you just kind of like, Oh, yeah, under your breath. Mm-hmm. Um, so you both uh, came to this niche. You could have done a lot of different things in the profession. Let's go to Elise first. Why Why this? Why these people that you get to treat? Why in, in the way that you do? So why who and why how? So I accidentally stumbled into this. Um, I went to my first CSM as a first-year physical therapy student, wandered into a session taught by Nicole Stout and Amy Litterini, who are these giants in cancer rehab. And from then, I mean, it was like I saw my future. Like I went to a palm reader and they told me what I was going to do. There was no turning back. So I'd always had this interest in cancer. But with my mom and sister both being oncology nurses, I saw what they did, but did not know that physical therapy and cancer would overlap in this way. And so it's really, that was the catalyst for me where I said, oh, I'm interested in this. And then I did my first clinical rotation in oncology and said, oh yeah, this is what I want to do. And then I got my first job in this and said, oh, I'm, I'm here. Like, this is it for certain. I knew it all along. Think how uh, simple that was, but not easy. It was simple because you walked in, you were, you were given one energetic exposure Mm-hmm. And then you ran with it, right? It was yes. one exposure. Um, and it, so that's simple, but not necessarily easy because Nicole mm-hmm. had to know it existed and she had to become an expert in it. And who yes. else did you say was in that session? Nicole Stein. Yeah. So the, those women needed to be experts in it, mm-hmm. but someone before them and before them. And by the end, it's just turtles all the way down. Um, and then why why in the, in the way that you do that? Both of you guys, T and T, you both treat and teach. Yes. Right. But that, but different ways. So talk mm-hmm. about the way that you treat and teach, uh, at least, and then we'll come back to Scott. Yeah. So I started out working in a very corporate position and I, I unfortunately recognized very quickly that what I thought was my dream job was actually my nightmare because I couldn't treat the patients how I wanted to. And so much to my chagrin because PT school, at least swore she would never be in private practice, um, (laughs) then decided that private practice was the best way in order to treat my patients the way that they must be treated in order to truly address their impairments. So that was a hard pill to swallow. Um, My husband's probably in the background saying, I told you so, Mm -hmm. but I digress. The teaching side of things really stemmed from I had a problem, which was even though I truly stand on the shoulders of these giants, Amy Litterini, Nicole Stout, my CI, Shruti Manvi, who taught me everything that I know, when I got into the workforce, I did not have the support that I needed to really be making strong clinical decisions to really help these patients. And so I said, after my first day at work, where I came home crying because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing, I said, no one is ever going to feel this way. No one is ever going to encounter a patient with cancer 
and feel the way that I did. And so that's why I started this podcast. Um, I think also because my husband was tired of listening to me talking about my patients. And so he literally bought me the microphone and said, why don't yeah. you start a podcast? Talk, talk into this. And hey, <laughs> have you seen these headphones? And you know, I've heard, I've, I've seen a YouTube video. To get the best sound, you what you want to do is you want to sit in a closet because the coats, they really just eat up all the sound. So I'm just yes. going to close this door. It's a smart man, really. So He's talk smart. about your... You, be a good podcast host and, and, and make sure people know about your podcast. Yes. So my podcast is called the Onco PT podcast, where we um, talk about all things oncology, physical smart. therapy. And again, no matter your experience, you will walk away from every episode feeling more confident and more competent to treat the person with cancer in front of you. Boom. Mic drop. Uh, Scott, you do the same things, but you do them in different ways. I, I mentioned a second ago, both of you treat and teach. Uh, explain mm -hmm. a little bit deeper why why you decided to do those things. You've got a, uh, a backstory that fuels you as well. Yeah. So, yeah. So at least you, you know, you, you know, it was a spark, right? Like you had that, that, you know, aha, you know, you know, this clouds open and the sun comes out moment. Me, it was more of a slow burn. It took me a while to get to where, so I think even, you know, for everybody listening, like, I think that that's important to know that sometimes it is an aha moment. And sometimes it takes a little bit of time, you know, go back to the, you know, the snowball analogy. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time to kind of yeah. get that snowball rolling. I, again, you know, when I went to PT school, oncology rehab really was not a thing. So it wasn't even something to go into. Um, and so I started my career. I, this is a mid-career shift. I did a mid-career shift. I started my career as a pediatric PT, you know, sure. I, you're going to pay me to play with kids all day long. Absolutely. I'll do that. Um, it was only by being in the right place at the right time. I was at a, at a, at a charity bike ride as they were raising money to start the first multidisciplinary cancer survivorship clinic in Connecticut. And I end up helping out this guy. He had two flat tires on his on his bike. His brakes were running up against his tires. He, was, he had no idea what he was doing. And so I helped him with his bike. We go off. We do our ride. Come back afterwards, and we're chit chatting. And he's like, "Yeah, I, you know, I just got recruited by Yale. I'm going to start this multidisciplinary survivorship clinic." You know, and uh, he goes, "What do you do?" I said, "Well, I'm a PT." He goes, "Great, I want a PT in my clinic." <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." So I said, and kind of like Lisa, like, I don't know what I'm doing, right? But I'll try it. I'll do this thing one day a week and I'm still working right. peds the other four. Um, but with time, and I mean, at time, I mean years, it, you know, I kind of came to the realization that I'm seeing these patients and I'm seeing them in a small snapshot of time, but realizing that there's so much more that needs to be done to be able to address all of their not just their physical needs, but their, their, their emotional needs, their psychosocial concerns that they go through. Sometimes, um, sometimes a flat gone. Yeah. And then from the, from the teaching perspective, I, because of my own lived experience, um, I, I always went back to where I went to school at Ithaca college. And the first couple of times that I went back and I spoke to the DPT class, I, told them about my experience, uh, my lived experience with cancer, but it was more of a, I'm one of you and, you know, I want you to make sure that you take care of yourselves and all of that. But I also realized that they were not, they weren't getting an oncology rehab lecture. Right. And so that morphed into an oncology lecture. And then that led to speaking at more colleges and more DPT programs and now teaching electives and taking students. So again, 
you know, sometimes it is that, you know, the dynamite goes off and boom, you know, this is your thing, like at least. Um, and sometimes it is a little bit, it takes a little bit more time to get there. But at the end of the day, we both got here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it sounds like it doesn't matter if it's fast or slow. If it's deep, it's, it just matters if it's, if it's deeply meaningful. And if it is, you will persist mm -hmm. until like, people starting podcasts or businesses or anything. Um, if you, you got to love it, there's got to be a minimum threshold that you got to love it above this. It doesn't have to be insane, but there's got to be a minimum threshold because the suck will creep in yes. the stuff that you got to do. You have to, right? And what you guys do um, is, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't put words in your mouth, probably deeply rewarding. Um, I'm guessing, you know, and I want you to speak to this, uh, probably taxing. I mean, you're, you're, you're treating people and interacting with people in their lives at what could be one of, if not the, the, the most difficult or lowest in their lives. And, and I think people deserve to know that before they go into it, you, mm -hmm. you know, it might sound obvious, but I want to speak the obvious. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, keep it hidden. So talk about that. That's gotta be very, um, well, I don't know what it is. Tell me about it. I think one of the first things I get when I tell people what I do, like specifically, not just a PT, I'm an onco PT is the first reaction every time is, wow, that must be so sad. But Jimmy, the words that you said previously about that, that suck threshold and like the love threshold, whatever's mm -hmm. above that, I think Scott and I are really keyed into what that is for us because yeah, there are some really sucky days out there. I mean, just, I mean, the level of suck sometimes cannot be comprehended, but the insane immense amount of joy that can come from even those sad Sure. cases. Like, yes, I love it when my patients come in and they tell me, wow, like I have no cancer anymore. I mean, cue the music, cue the happy dance, whatever. But it's also, it's, that's not the only place that I get joy when working with my patients. It's also that, wow, you had eight months to live and you made it to dance with your daughter at her wedding. Like that is so, so cool. And the, the, the pride and the joy that comes from that cannot be put into words. And so I think we really have to recognize that, you know, yes, we are potentially spending a person's last days, months, weeks, you know, on earth with them. But what a privilege it is that they are potentially choosing to spend that time with us. Yeah. They could do anything. They are coming to physical therapy to see me, mm -hmm. Scott, whoever they're seeing. And they have made that a priority in their existence. And that is probably one of the highest honors that I can have as a physical therapist. Yeah. Scott, good luck following that. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's, it is a privilege to be a part of this person's, not just their, you know, their, their journey or their experience, but just their life. Yeah. Um, I, somebody actually asked me this, you know, a very similar question, you know, what happens, you know, especially when the patient sits in front of us and they say, you know, why, you know, why should I come to PT? Like, I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Mm -hmm. And, and my answer is, I, yeah, you're right. Nobody knows what tomorrow is going to bring. But what I know right now is that you're sitting in front of me right now. So we can do something right now. Yeah. I can do something to help get you feel stronger, help you move. And you can feel better about yourself because we were able to maximize the time that I've got here with you. So that's how I look at it. And I also think too, yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, this is one of the few niches of, of PT in general where, 
you know, you have the, the possibility of, of in, and the reality of losing patients. You know, mm -hmm. we don't get that in a lot of other aspects of PT. So I think for us, you know, for Elise and for myself and for all of our colleagues who do this, like, I think one of the things that we need to do is to make sure that we have our own people, right, Elise? Yes. Like, we have our people that we can reach out to when that happens, right? Like we have our are good friends that we can that we can text that we can reach out to who are also onco pts who get it or where i am again my survivorship team it's a multidisciplinary team so if we lose a patient you know we've we all come together and and we we, we talk about that patient and we uh, celebrate their their memory um and so we have each other to support each other through a time like that yeah uh, I talked about it on this show, uh, but you know, a few months ago, my mom died of cancer, uh, mm -hmm. and believe me, I mean, you know, went went quick. I mean, she went from having a weird, mystery, uh, mystery illness in December, January, to figuring out the mystery disease, to then having a stroke, to then being diagnosed with cancer, to then passing away and dying. And I remember uh, her son is sitting there next to her, who is a physical therapist, me. Uh, and the PTs and OTs are coming in. My mom was looking at me like, what are they going to, what are we doing here? You know, I got cancer. I'm like, well, are you comfortable in your bed? And she's like, no, my ass hurts. I'm like, okay. Like, I'm your son. You're you're not going to listen to anything I'm yes. saying. So, but have I told you my diaper changing theory before? No. theory is uh, if you ever change someone's diaper, like my parents, you know, change mine, mm -hmm. then I can never know enough to tell them what to do. So it's like, my mom's yes. never going to listen to me. My dad asks me for advice and then ignores me, right? It just happens. But that's how I looked at it. But when the PTs and the OTs came in the room, my mom was like, what's the deal? And it wasn't my mom listening to what I told them to do. I was just like, listen, I mean, they can do stuff for you. And it, it, when when the PT, who was great, by the way, and I can't remember her name right now. But uh, when she was done, she was like, well, I brought this body pillow in because it looks like you're uncomfortable. But if we could roll you this way, my mom was like, Oh no, this is great. I'm like, right, but you could have said no to this. So again, that woman might not consider herself an on oncologic physical therapist, mm -hmm. but she works in a you know in 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 a, in, a, in a facility, in a place, in a home where people are spending the last days of their life. And for her to, so she is whether she considers herself or not, she mm -hmm. is. So that really resonated with me. Um, if there's somebody else in the audience now. And that's the beautiful thing about podcasting, right? We're recording this and releasing it in niche November of 2022, but you might be hearing this in I don't know, 10, year, 10 years from now. Who the heck knows? Right. Time capsule. What would you want the person listening who maybe has never heard of Oncology PT until this? This is their at least moment when she was at CSM, or this is that first touch point, uh, whether it's a fast boom or a slow burn, what would you want that person who's listening going, I don't know, this might be a thing. What would you, what would you say if you were talking directly to them? I think the first thing I would tell anybody is if you're a physical therapist, you have the skills, you have the knowledge to start treating a person with cancer. We're movement specialists. People with cancer, people with a history of cancer need to move. They need to move safely. They need to move effectively to reach their goals, whatever that is. And who better to facilitate that process than us? Yeah. Yes, there's some details in there. The devil's in the details, but you can get started treating these patients. Scott, what would you say if you're talking to the, that person? So, yeah, you know, Jimmy, to your point earlier on, like the niche may be an inch wide, but oh boy, this niche is 
more than a mile deep in the sense of, I feel that with this niche, like we really do want to help each other. Right. This is not one of those situations where the, you know, where we, where we eat our young, right? Like we want you to succeed. We want you to feel confident and confident working with those patients. So we want to help you. Right. And so, you know, send Elise uh, a DM, right? Like send me, you know, send me a text, like send, send us an email. Like we will help you. We create a network. Yes. We want to network with you. Absolutely. So, you know, if you, you know, if you even consider that this is something you want to go into, like, yeah, Elise and I, we're going to answer those DMs and we're going to help you. Mm-hmm. We're in, we will set up a Zoom. We'll set up a time for you to come hang out with us. Like, you know, and if you don't live in Texas or you don't live in Connecticut, we'll find our friends who live around the country and we will yep. set you up. I like yep. that. Uh, what's something, what's one thing, let's be really specific and pointed. What's one thing about this particular niche that you guys um, live and treat and teach in that uh, maybe people don't know about something surprising about this niche. Elise has a funny look on her face. So I'll let her go. I mean, I feel like I'm going to just explode the cap off of niche November with my next statement, which is oncology. Physical therapy is not a niche anymore. Really? Maybe when like I started treating or like when I started learning about this, it was very niche, but the reality is the research indicates that in the year 2025, 50% of the people alive in the United States will have cancer at some point in their lifetime. I don't know any other condition where that we're facing such insurmountable statistics. People, you know, I think 800,000 Americans have a stroke every year. 800,000 Americans have a heart attack every year. 1.8 million Americans are diagnosed with cancer every year. That's more than stroke heart attack combined. Wow. Okay, the patient population is out there. You and Scott said this already. You will treat the person with cancer, yeah. no matter your setting, no matter the specialty you think you're in right now. Way to drop the drop the mic there. <laughs> I did not know those statistics. Thank you yeah, for sharing that, Scott. What's, what's something that would surprise someone? That that these patients, these people who have have a, a cancer uh, history. They want to get better. They are super motivated to get better. They want to be able to go for a walk in their neighborhood. They want to be able to pick up their grandson or their granddaughter and be able to play with them. At least to your point, they want to be able to dance at their daughter's wedding. Right. And so, and they're going along and they're doing their thing. And then they get blindsided with this cancer diagnosis and Again, it is our privilege to be a part of their care, to be able to help them achieve those goals. And so, yeah, they are, they're going to show up. They're super motivated. They want to get better. I love that. Um, so we, we heard a little bit of your past. We heard a little bit of the, 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 the present and the immediate in the next five year future. Uh, but where do you think this thing goes? I mean, Lisa already sort of like, you know, you know, ruined it for us. Maybe it's not a niche anymore. In a good way, it's it's becoming widespread. Uh, what do you hope to see? What's hopeful for you in the future? And it could be in any metric in terms of number of physical therapists or, you know, going from a lecture in PT school to an entire module or a course. What would be something hopeful for you to look forward to in the future around this particular topic? If I had to pick one thing. 
you have to pick one thing. I have to pick one thing. If I have to pick one thing, it's that every physical therapist would open their heart to at least start treating the person with cancer who walks in their door or who who is wheeled in their door. Even if you just get started, can identify a couple impairments that you can help with and get them connected. That is light. Like that is light years away from where we're at right now, which is so tragic because so many patients, unfortunately, are turned away from most physical therapy practices by most physical therapists who are like, nope, not touching them. And that is one of the biggest disservices I think we do to our community. So the one thing, opening your heart to start treating these patients. What's the line? You don't have to be an expert to start, but you have to start to become an expert. Right. I didn't say that. Oh. Someone else said that. I just remember quotes. I just never remember who say them. Oh. Scott, pick one thing that you'd be hopeful uh, to see in the future. What would your metric be or what would your thing? So I would love to see oncology rehab truly integrated into DPT programs. Yeah. It's got to start right. there, right? Right. You know, again, if we're going to be training, you know, the next generation of PTs, it, 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 Oncology rehab can't be a an elective class where 10 out of the 65 students in that PT class mm-hmm. take it, right? Or it can't be one standalone lecture. Individuals with cancer have a lot of musculoskeletal concerns. So put that into MSK 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. There's pediatric cancers. So yeah. put that into the pediatric, you know, semester. Cardiopulmonary, all of it. It covers all aspects of physical therapy care. So if there is one thing that I am hopeful for in the next five, 10 years, whatever it might be, I would love to see DPT programs truly integrate that. So, and again, because it goes back to the points that Elisa and I have both made here is that, you know, you're, you're more likely to treat somebody with a history of cancer than most other conditions. Like that. All right. Uh, We have a tradition on the show. It's called three questions. Let's do three questions. All right. Three questions brought to you by our friends from Physical Therapy and Balance Centers. It was created by PTs for PTs. On average, a private practice that joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. So let's do uh, let's do three questions. We're going to change it up. All right. Ooh. If you had the, the 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 soapbox, this is for either. We'll go Elise and then Scott. Uh, who is someone the audience should know to follow to learn more about today's topic? Could be anybody in the profession, out of the profession, doesn't know. Pick one person who you would say, yeah. Alexandra Hill. So Dr. Alexandra Hill of the Onco P- Pelvic PT, excuse me, is one of the most engaging educate patient educators out there. She combines her love of oncology and pelvic floor PT in a very easy to understand, engaging, frankly, entertaining way that I think a lot of curriculums miss because it's so dry. I mean, so Onco Pelvic PT, all the platforms. She is booked on the show late this year or early next year. Oh my God. Amazing. Fantastic. She's gonna oh do, my God. I don't want to ruin it, but she's gonna do a different format type of episode. So that's all I'll say. Ooh. Scott, who who is someone for you that you would recommend the audience getting into? Uh, so another friend of ours, Elise, um, 
I always I keep calling her by her by her old name, um, Kelly Reed Strom, right? Sturm. Uh, Sturm. Sturm. Thank you. Um, sorry, Kelly. Um, <laughs> same thing. She has amazing content um, that is very it's she it's patient facing, but there's so many things that she does that okay. we can take away as PTs as well. Like she does these, you know, she has a YouTube channel and she's on Instagram. And again, oh, so much of it is patient facing, but we look at that and we're like, oh, that's a great idea. I got to try that stretch with my patients. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, to number two, Elise, what is something the audience should take a look at if they want to take a, take a deeper dive? Is there a resource? Is there a textbook? Is there a, I mean, you, you feel free to plug something that you created because that's what you do is you create resources. But what's something you'd recommend a good starting point if they're going from zero to wanting to learn more? Man, a great starting point would be the Quick Guide to Treating Patients with Cancer, which is my free lead magnet, actually, um, for uh, that Kelly and I have co-created. So, I mean, talk about all the cancer stuff. You can find that at theoncopt.com slash quickguide. And it literally takes you through the first couple steps you need to just get started with this patient population. Scott, what would you give someone? As far as a resource goes? Yeah. So... There is a brand new um, textbook that was that's for PTs, written by PTs. Um, it was co-authored or co-edited by Deb Doherty and Chris Wilson and Lori Bowright. Um, and so, this is you know I think that this is going to be a fantastic. I mean it's a it's going to be a big read, but you know it's it's going to cover everything as far as pathophysiology of cancer you know, different cancer diagnoses, special topics, including pediatric oncology and, you know, something that's near and dear to my heart, adolescent and young adult cancers. Um, so the oncology rehabilitation textbook should be out now in November. Like it. All right. Third question, short and sweet. Why should someone care about oncology physical therapy? Why? Give me like a just, they should pay attention because this. Cancer is one of the biggest contributors of disability in this country. That's it. Honestly, Perfect. stop right there. Scott, what do you got? Because we have the power to empower people at a time when they don't feel like they have any control. Well done. That's three questions. Again, brought to you by our friends from Physical Therapy and Balance Centers, F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L franchise.com. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. Parting shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Uh, just one of the largest resources on the planet of uh, orthopedic physical therapy. Uh, if you would like to uh, take that OCS exam, they have got a great resource. It's called Current Concepts of Orthopedic Physical Therapy, now in their fifth edition. And you can find that at orthopt.org. Uh, I like to call it the perfect roadmap. No matter where you are, find yourself on the map. It will get you to that OCS exam confidently and competently. Love those C words too. Again, orthopt.org. All right, last thing you do on the show is the parting shot. Your chance for a mic drop moment, soapbox statement, whatever other alliteration we want to do. Elise, you get to go first. What is your parting shot? I'm going to reiterate exactly what we did previously is that if you are a physical therapist, if you are a physical therapist in training, you have the knowledge and skills that it takes to start treating these patients. I like that. Well done. Scott, what is your parting shot? Again, it's 
to reiterate what we've talked about before, it's not a matter of if you'll treat somebody with a history of cancer, but when. And so you need to be prepared and you need to have go into it with open eyes and an open heart to be able to treat these patients. Well said. Well done. Thanks for uh, thanks for jumping to this niche member, this this thing we're just trying out for the first time. And, you know, maybe next year it's, we're not going to include OncoPT. We'll do a whole month of just oncology. I was going to say October is a whole month of oncology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> begin with yep. we're, not, we're not a niche anymore. Not a niche anymore. Uh, Scott and Elise, thanks so much for the time and, and sharing your insight. Okay. Thank thanks you so much, us. Jimmy. See the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thanks for coming to ours. Like what you hear? Tell a friend or leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. The show today is brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. The Brooks IHL offers seven on-site PT residencies, including orthopedics, women's health, geriatrics, pediatrics, sports, and neurology, as well as a neurologic OT fellowship, a competitive OMPT fellowship, and a speech therapy clinical fellowship. Therapists that complete a residency or fellowship through the Brooks IHL will markedly advance their knowledge and skills in a specialty area of practice. Learn more about how a residency or fellowship can help you advance your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. PTPinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. Providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at BuildPT.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It is hosted and produced by PT Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.